everyone and a very happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. One of the bonuses of lockdown is that I get to record these talks on Friday and so like last year I'll be enjoying Father's Day with coffee and breakfast on Sunday morning uh, just like the rest of you. Uh, today I want to kick off our talk by uh, reading to you a short passage from Mark's Gospel. And in this passage, Jesus is questioned by a religious scholar as to the greatest commandment in the Bible. And it goes like this. One of the religion scholars came up, hearing the lively exchanges of question and answer, and seeing how sharp Jesus was in his answers, he put in his question, which is most important of all the commandments? Jesus said, the first in importance is, listen Israel, the Lord your God is one. So love the Lord God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. And here is the second. Love others as well as you love yourself. There is no commandment that ranks with these. The religion scholar said, A wonderful answer, teacher, so lucid and accurate, that God is one and there is no other, and loving him with all passion and intelligence and energy, and loving others as well as you love yourself. Why, that's better than all offering and sacrifices put together. When Jesus realized how insightful he was, he said, you're almost there, right on the border of God's kingdom. After that, no one else dared ask a question. If you've been uh, following uh, St. Augustine's for a while, we're in the middle of a series where we're trying to understand how practicing the way of Jesus, how the Holy Spirit uh, forms us through those practices to become Jesus-like people. And there are two things that I want to loop back on um, as we begin this morning. And the first is that um, this is a journey and that God does different kinds of work at different stages of the journey. And broadly speaking, in the first half of life, God, um, there's more of an external focus. God does more external work um, on our lives. And in the second half of our life, there is a much more of an internal focus. God does more internal work in our lives. And the second is this, and this might seem slightly ironic, but you know, the more Jesus-like you become, in fact, the reality is the more you-like you become. You see, the goal here is that we become fully the person that God created us to be. Pete Scazzaro puts it like this, the vast majority of us go to our graves without knowing who we are. We unconsciously live someone else's life, or at least someone else's expectations for us. This does violence to ourselves, our relationship with God, and ultimately to others. Similarly, our North African namesake, uh, St. Augustine of Hippo, uh, he puts it like this. How can you draw close to God when you are far from your own self? Then he responds in prayer, praying, Grant that I may know myself, that I may know thee. Self-awareness and participating in the unfolding of the kind of person that God has created you to be is a key element in our apprenticeship uh, to Jesus. And I want to build on that this morning by saying that understanding how we are wired up is also really critical to understanding and growing our connection with God. Now, one of the greatest things about being created and formed by God is that like the rest of creation, you know, there's huge variety. And what is more, our individual uniqueness means that we all experience God's presence and learn to relate to God in different kinds of ways. Uh, C.S. Lewis puts it like this. 
Why else were individuals created but that God loving all infinitely should love each differently? And uh, in a small measure, we do this all the time, don't we? We relate to different friends uh, differently. We relate in a way that uh, connects with each of our different friends. And in a similar way with parenting, you know, we all have different children. And so we relate to our different children uh, in ways that connects with them. Even though um, Finlay and Luca are twins, they were born six minutes apart, you know, they have the same DNA, but they're in fact different people. They're wired up differently. And so Sarah and I interact with them in a way where that connects with each uh, one of them. And the same is true um, in the way that we connect with God. Because God has made us differently to one another, we need to relate to God in a way that corresponds to the way that God's self has wired us up. There is just, this is just a not a one-size-fits-all approach here. And that's why some of the ancient luminaries and teachers of the way of Jesus, and they talk about people having spiritual temperaments or having spiritual pathways. And all that is to say that there is, you know, that there's going to be one or another pathway that most naturally, that you most naturally uh, connect with and most easily sense God's presence and will experience spiritual growth through. Now, there's a number of ways to cut this cake up, but broadly speaking, there are seven spiritual um, pathways through which people experience God. And hopefully when I say, you'll find something that most resonates with you. And saying this though, each pathway though good, also has some dangers attached to them, if taken in isolation from all the other pathways. And so, while you'll most resonate with one pathway, we need to have all the other pathways uh, to provide balance. So, uh, let's take a look at um, these different channels or different pathways through which people experience God. And the first one is the intellectual pathway. People on the intellectual pathway draw close to God as they learn more about God. When Jesus quotes uh, Deuteronomy in the passage just read before, he's following the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Old Testament. And it adds the phrase, all your mind, to all of the things that the Hebrew Bible says that you are to love God with. Now, if you're on the intellectual pathway, you'll be feeling, you know, pretty grateful for that addition. Uh, you're also probably feeling a little excited, perhaps a little more than you should, about the word Septuagint also. Um, so if that's you, and by that I mean if you're like me, then it comes as no surprise that the road to your heart runs through uh, your head first. And that's because you hear God best when you are learning. So we need to be intentional about that and immerse ourselves in great books and deep podcasts and sound teaching. For if we quit learning or if you quit learning, uh, you'll grow spiritually stagnant. Now, like all of the spiritual pathways, there's a few hazards to be avoided down this track. And um, in particular, there's a danger that we can actually become all head and no heart in our response to God. And so a great way to uh, counter that is to make sure that our growth or your growth in knowledge um, also leads to a growth in worship, which can be a bit of a stretch if um, you are not used to this pathway. But nevertheless, it's a really great stretch. Okay, so the second uh, spiritual pathway is the relational pathway. People who are wired up 
uh, this way find that they have a deep sense of God's presence uh, when they are involved in significant relationships. And if this is you, you've probably experienced key spiritual moments and a sense of God speaking to you through other people in conversations rather than through books or lectures. And if people wired up this way need to lead relationally rich lives. And um, you know, you're like to the degree that your relationship with God actually simply declines um, to the degree that you become isolated. And so if this is you, you need to embrace your relationships. But do guard against two perennial dangers and one is of spreading yourself uh, too thin relationally so that you know that um, no one really gets to know you or love you or challenge you and the other um, uh, pitfall is that we can be slightly addicted to people's opinions of ourselves and so a good way to um, counter that is to spend time alone in solitude and silence and of course this will be very um, uh, feel a very unnatural to you at first but it's a great way to counter uh, the addiction to other people's opinions okay now the third spiritual pathway and that's a pathway of uh, serving or the serving pathway uh, on the serving pathway, people find that God's presence seems most uh, tangible and you have a sense of uh, God's delight in you and you feel kind of God most naturally speaking to you while you're engaged in acts of uh, service. People wired up this way uh, find that they, if they just attend church but have no place to serve, then God becomes feels very distance, uh, distant from you. And if this is you, then you need to be really proactive about plugging yourself into serving opportunities. Um, this also does need to be balanced um, by appreciating that before you are a servant, you are actually a child of God first. And so you need to learn how to receive love and care from people and not just give it. And um, that is usually the stretch for those people who are wired up uh, this way. Okay, the fourth spiritual pathway is the worship pathway. And you know this is you if you're in church, you're just hoping that it'll go on and on and on. You know, the four chorus combo is just never going to be enough for you. And while the intellectual types are just uh, sitting there looking at their watches and um, waiting for the message to uh, kick in, you're internally shouting, oh my gosh, why can't we just sing that song again? Now, you may or may not be naturally expressive, but somehow in worship, your heart just opens up and you become alive because God just seems so close in uh, those moments. And if this is you, then you need to experience great worship on a regular basis. And not just at church, but at home or in the car. Probably not when your less expressive friends are around. You know, singing shouts to the Lord at them will probably just give them a rash. But if that's how you connect with God, then that's great. And my encouragement is to get stuck into it. You know, my experience in this, though, is that it always comes as a bit of a surprise for people wired up this way to discover that there are people from other church traditions um, and they would never raise their voice above a whisper, uh, let alone their hands. And so it can be quite easy to become a little judgmental on those who are not so expressive as you may be. Um, so a good counterbalance to this is to make sure that you spend time um, worshipping God without music or engaging in study so that your heart is also nourished in the knowledge of God also. 
Okay, the fifth um, pathway is the activist pathway. Now, you know you're on the activist track when the only verse that you can remember from the Bible uh, is the verse where it says, zeal for your house will consume me. If you uh, hear of a story about injustice, while other people are shaking their heads and shipping, uh, sipping their Chardonnay, um, you know, agreeing that, oh my gosh, this is terrible, you know, people wired up in the activist pathway will just be saying, hey, we've got to get out there and actually do something. On this pathway, people find that prayer and action just go hand in hand, and you'll find yourself in, you know, in deep connection with God and a sense of God's closeness um, in the midst of opposition and challenge, and in and in situations that really demand the very best of you. And you know, without challenge in your life, what you find is that God, your relationship with God, actually tends to dry up. The flip side to this is that you have to be careful that zeal for a cause just doesn't result in riding a roughshod over people. And, you know, because you can get so focused on what you want to accomplish, you know, the stretch for you um, is that every now and again uh, to spend some time away from the front line and just allow God to be uh, present to you and to be speaking to you in times of silence and in times of Sabbath. Right. The sixth spiritual pathway, uh, the contemplative pathway. Uh, if, as a child, your parents um, would often tell you to, you know, that you need to go outside more, or you find yourself loving large blocks of uninterrupted time alone, or you're collecting native bird stamps, you're probably wired to connect with God through quiet contemplation. If this is you, you probably find uh, God is most present when noise and distraction are removed. And if you get too busy or you spend too much time uh, with people, you begin to feel really drained and stretched thin because, you know, both emotionally and spiritually, um, you're running out of gas. And if this sounds like you, you need to be intentional about getting regular, protected, uh, undistracted time alone. And one thing to watch, however, is that for people, if you're wired up this way, is that sometimes you can get so comfortable in your own world that when uh, the world or the friends or society uh, disappoints you, your immediate, your immediate response can be just to retreat into that world and not lean into God. Okay, here is the last one. Connecting with God through creation. The creational pathway. Creational types find that they have a passion and ability to connect with God when they're experiencing the world that God has made. You know, there's just something about them um, being in creation that just opens your spirit to God. And if you are cooped up inside for too long, um, say like you're in a global pandemic, for example, uh, your soul can just begin to feel a bit you know, uh, claustrophobic or begin to go feel a bit stale. And again, the key to all of this is intentionality. And so if this resonates with you, um, then at level three or level two or level one, you, know, you want to be setting time aside to be heading outdoors to the park, to the beach, to the bush or into the surf and just be allowing God to speak to you uh, while you're in that environment. And saying that, however, um, do guard against using this as an escape when people disappoint you. You know, there's a bit of a move today to say that, you know, I don't need to go to church. I can just kind of worship God on my own while I'm on the beach or I'm going for a walk in the park. 
And look, there is some truth to that. But, you know, what that fails to recognize is that people are part of God's creation too. The church is part of God's uh, creation too. And that God is renewing the human family. And therefore, it's only as a gathered human family um, that we can reflect and image God into the world. And so his spirit is with us in a way as a gathered church in a way that he's not with us uh, by ourselves. My hope for this morning has been by, you know, running through these different um, pathways that people naturally connect with God through, that you've been able to see something of yourself in one or two of these. And I want to come into land by um, having three kind of concluding points. So the first is, first we need to accept and embrace the unique way that God has created us. Instead of following some mass-produced kind of approach, we need to make sure that we spend enough adequate time in the pathway that most helps us to connect with God. Secondly, embracing how God has made you also means resisting the temptation to envy someone else's pathway. You know, no pathway is superior, is superior uh, to any other approach. And thirdly, uh, although we need to spend adequate time in the pathway that most helps us to connect with God, we also need to pay attention to those pathways that may not come naturally to us. You know, it's important that we have some involvement in each of these different pathways. We can't ignore the intellectual life or the worship life, for example. And um, each of us has a few temptations that means that we need all the other pathways um, to provide balance and to stretch us and to grow us. At its heart, what I'm trying to get at is uh, the truth that God wants us to have a relationship or God wants to have a relationship with us that is unlike any other relationship that he has with any other beings uh, in all of creation. You know, this relationship with our creator lies at the very DNA of who we are. God is not miles away. Actually, God is much closer uh, than you think. And one of the great journeys of life is um, exploring how we best uh, connect with God. In a moment, um, I'm going to close with Isaac and Chloe um, leading us in a song. But before they do, uh, a quick reminder for all our fantails, our takahe, our kakapo, and care that our goodnight stories will be going up on social media um, uh, this afternoon. So ask your parents about that. And there'll also be a Falcons hangout at 11 a.m. also. So I'm going to pray and then it's going to be over to Isaac and Chloe. So allow me to lead you in prayer. Ever-living God, we thank you for your never-ending goodness. You created all things and you sustain all things through your power and through your love. Today we ask that you would bless all fathers. We thank you for the good and for the love that we receive from them. We are praying that in whatever stage of life they're in, new fathers, fathers of teenagers, fathers of adult children, grandfathers, and in all the different ways that people are fathers to us, we thank you for the ways that they reflect your goodness. We're asking for your blessing and wisdom and kindness to pervade the life of our fathers and that you would be strengthening them and be blessing them even as they bless us. Amen.